It's Tim Albright with Aviation with an Aviation special celebrating International Women's Day for the entire month of March. Why? Because there's an awful lot of really great women in the AV industry, and we, we want to get as many stories as possible. With me today to tell her story is Deborah Jones from the Queen Elizabeth II Center. Welcome, ma'am. Thank you. Uh, so one of the, the more common questions that folks will get when they first meet each other uh, in the industry is, how did you get involved in AV? So Deborah, kind of take me along the journey, and, and how did Deborah Jones get, uh, get involved in, in AV? I would say that I'm not uncommon with most people within the AV industry. Um, a lot of people uh, fall into it by accident, and indeed the same thing happened to me. I was an events manager um, managing different kinds of live events for an association, a not-for-profit association, and I came across enormous amounts of money, or it seemed like that to me then, a large part of my budget, other than Rumhart, was being spent on audiovisual or technical. Um, and in those days, uh, it was uh, it it was a considerable proportion, um, and you weren't usually uh, interested in spending it on food and drink, being a, a live events industry. Uh, but in this case, I was more interested in spending on how people can look and see our organisation, and that's what audiovisual does for me. It, it gives a brand identity, it gives a culture, it indicates um, all sorts of things about your brand. To me, it's the eyes and ears of your organization. And that's what interests me most about audiovisual. I think the clues in the name. <laughs> Talk for a second, because you're, you're, um, you're, you're in AV and IT sales for, for QE2, right? And, and talk about the, the, the evolution of, of the IT part of not just your job, but also the IT part of, of AV that you've watched over the years? So of course, um, AV and IT, when I started in the industry were, uh, and, and I believe st still a little bit the case in some organizations were, were just miles apart. Yeah. Um, and we indeed at the Q Queen Elizabeth II Center have a separate ICT department still. But of course, we work extremely closely together now in order to fulfill any kind of live event because uh, it's it's intri intricate to to the very um, nature of, of the project. Um, and in in this particular year, in the year of the um, you know COVID nineteen, you will see increasingly that when people had to act really quickly, they reached out for software. It's so much easier to buy um, software and and get up, updates on that than it is to go out and get ten converters, for instance, and then upgrade them. It's 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 cheaper. Um, the skill set's entirely different, so there's something to be said about training there. But in the in the end, everything for the pandemic has been about software. Well, it also one of the issues that we that we all saw in, in this, and you probably did as well, is is the supply chain got disrupted quite significantly last year, and there is is very little, uh, if not any, uh, software or, or um, supply chain issues when it comes to the software part. Right? Uh, obviously, you do need the hardware to run on it, uh, but once you have that, you can you know adjust and, and put different pieces of software on that. So yeah, absolutely, um, people and did. Don't forget that the software can dictate the hardware these days absolutely so if you've got uh you know um ndi compatible software 
um, that, that, and, and you want to change to, I think, SRT or whatever the, the next, the, you know, the next bit, bit, bit of software is, then quite frankly, you're going to have to look at your hardware purchases before that. So it just depends which kind of protocol you're going to be using and, and what your skill set is of your people and whether they they wish or, or your freelancers, because obviously we use a lot of freelancers in the live events industry and, and how you, you, you are prepared to train them. Uh, we do a lot of training for um, for freelancers and you know we're very lucky we have both men and women who are interested in working for us and we're looking very closely at get, getting them all together when we we finally open the government in the uk is 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 putting the okay on live events hopefully uh, uh round about the uh the 17th of, of may um and we're looking to train up all our people but first of all we're looking at the the, the tension between the software and the hardware yeah, absolutely. You're right about how the hardware will indeed, you know, can be dictated by the software and the capabilities that they're asking exactly. for, right? Mm. And it's a, a complete, it's not a completely different skill set, but obviously there are different skill sets involved now with with the software and the hard, hardware. And engineers, especially on the data side, ha have to have all that that they've had a long, long time to do it. Perhaps you could say because a lot of them in the industry haven't haven't been. Um, working all the time and in fact a lot of them have uh you know kind of ge generated uh kind of uh moved over to the digital media area anyway but you you know they've had some time to retrain but um but obviously there's been less practice on hybrid events as opposed to virtual events um and that's what we're waiting to see yeah and actually taking taking those skill sets forward actually mm -hmm. um Deborah, talk for a second about some of the challenges you faced over the years. One of the, the, the questions we're asking folks is, is looking at, you know, whether that's, um, you, know, you know, inherent prejudice, embedded prejudice, if there's a, a, a situation or some sort of, of um, hurdle that you've had to overcome. How did you overcome that? Um, I'm very lucky because I work for the government. Um, and then, as I said before that, I worked for not-for-profit associations. And the culture of those particular organisations is um, such that they promote diversity. They've got a corporate responsibility in terms of uh, diversity of their employees, uh, uh, mentoring, training, staff development generally. So um, I could say that I've been extremely lucky or I could say that maybe that's a progressive kind of organization. That's their competitive advantage that they yeah. um, can draw on those diverse skill sets um, in, uh, you know, in, in, our in a diverse workforce. Um, I think mentoring has a big part to play in that. And again, I think the audiovisual industry is particularly good at um, promoting such programs as mentoring. I mean, the Vixa Foundation is a good example of that. And, and the Vixa Women's Council is, is very energetic. It's, it's a very uh, forward-looking uh, part of the organization. And in the same way, the, the AV user group, which is a, a group of end users, again, they promote women, they promote mentoring. And the audiovisual industry is extremely lucky to have such organizations where they they promote those, those kind of um, corporate uh, values, really. 
Talk about that, that for a second, because when you look at the, the the percentage of women that are involved in, in certain organizations, right? And, and obviously, the Avixa Women's Council is is is, is a heavily um, you know um, good number of women that are involved in that. But then you look at the at the user group. It, it, do you think that 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 makeup of, of of groups like the the AV user group or you know some other peer uh, organizations is that indicative of the number of women in the industry? Is it five to, to, to five to ten percent of women in the industry, or do you think there's more, and they just don't feel comfortable, you know, getting into some of those peer groups? I think the the main difference uh, between maybe the, uh, the the women and the men in either the AV user group and or in Avixa is the sphere of AV that they tend to migrate towards. So. In the case of Avixa, I find that women gravitate towards soft services, or that's what the research tells me. So in audiovisual, it tends to be sales and marketing rather than the technical areas such as um, the engineering side um, or perhaps even the, um, you know, the technician area. Uh, what I do find is that women quite often in the case of the AV user group, the end users there are usually in senior managerial positions. Um, and they, I think they have to be uh, probably really good to get to that level uh, within uh, the, the corporations and within the associations or the kind of organizations they work for. But then of course I'm biased. But I do find that, at the, in the, particularly in the AV user group, they are in uh, quite senior positions and they know their stuff all the way through because they've had to know from technician all the way up to um, installations, um, up to uh, large scale project management, uh, which m might be you know, constructing and, and, and um, installing complete AV and IT in, in a building in the, in the Middle East or India or you know, another continent. But at the same time, perhaps having to get rid of all the legacy equipment for um, video conferencing and, and put in all the bright new stuff that's come in since. They're in charge of quite large scale things. What I think is the most telling thing about it is the qualification. Um, the There's probably maybe a 3% chance that women in AV will have a CTS qualification, which to me is staggeringly low because uh, it's not really indicative of the skills that I've witnessed in women. They, they're no different from any of the, uh, you know, any of the men that they're perhaps in competition with, but they don't seem to have the CTS qualification, which makes me think that perhaps if there was something more geared up to the soft services, you might get more people qualifying. So I don't think it's about ability. I think it's probably about how you target it. But if, education if, is the key thing. If you if you could speak directly to Avixa or or you could could wave a magic wand, how would you how would you change that? How would you get more of the women in the industry to to um, to get their CTS? Um, I think what I'd do is I'd start it from both ends. One, obviously, I'd promote it and I'd start in, probably in year, probably nine, something like that, or, you know, in, in secondary school or maybe earlier. I mean, between primary and secondary school in this country, which is when they're about age 10 or 11, and get young 
you know, young girls interested in audiovisual because at that point they wouldn't even know there was such a profession. Yeah. So I'd start from that end and publicize it. I'm not CTS at that point, but you know, in a career in the audiovisual industry, hopefully with um, a, a qualification. And then at the other end, um, I think you need to sit on the committees. Unfortunately, there's a lot of committee work involved, which doesn't appeal to it generally doesn't appeal to people who are attracted to the audio visual live events industry. Sitting in a committee is not what they want to do. They want to be on a live event. They want to, to be making it all happen. They want razzmatazz. They want to get their hands dirty. Exactly. Committee structures do not uh, do not attract the same sort of people. But at the end of the at the end of it, someone's got to do their work. Someone's got to do the dirty stuff. Yeah. And I think that from if you sat on the committee and promoted a different kind of CDS or maybe change the modules. I think CTS is very sound. You know, it covers all the, the physics. It equips you for the management side. You know, it, it, it's taken years to, to perfect it. But, you know, qualifications evolve. Everything evolves. A, AV and IT have evolved. And indeed, indeed, CTS syllabus has evolved. It obviously is embracing more IT every time that they make any changes. So I think that's what I'd do. I'd approach it from either end if I could. Right. Deborah, um, you are nowhere near uh, retirement, but let's take a look at that from, from that end. Um, when you retire, what do you want to see have changed in the industry and, and what hand do you want to have in it? Um, I would like to see obviously more women in the industry, um, more qualified women, because I do think that's um, a benchmark. If you've got CTS, uh, you're obviously as good as everyone else with CTS and, and they're predominantly men. So you you have a, a great leveler in, in, in having that qualification. Um, I'd like to see ICT and, and, IT and AV joined up even more. Um, and, you know, convergence was a long time coming. Um, and again, that's something else that should evolve. Uh, and again, I'd like to see more... Uh, not liaison, but more working together with uh, the other professions, engineers, surveyors, architects. And this is something that each of those professions say as well to each other. You know, the civil engineers say we've got to have more uh, liaison with the mechanical engineers. The mechanical engineers say we have to have more liaison with the architects and so on and so forth. But there's been this endemic cry from the audiovisual industry to say that we're last to be involved on any project. And this amazingly still happens. Um, and so we're brought in when everything is about to be finished. You know, there's dust, there's dirt and dust everywhere. It's um, it's at the wrong st stage. And even though we might be in at the beginning, quite often, that people are ignored and uh, until the the final stages when then you realize how much money you need to be able to communicate and that's what audiovisual is about the irony of it is that we're about communication absolutely deborah jones that will be a great uh, place to stop deborah jones from the queen elizabeth II center thank you so much if somebody wants to connect with you how do they do that um, you can look me up on LinkedIn under Queen Elizabeth II Centre. Um, I'm quite happy for people to um, like me on, on Twitter. 
Um, and, uh, you know, I'm on all, all social media um, except Instagram. And then obviously I'm a member of the AV user group. So you can go onto our website, avusergroup.com. And I'm, uh, I'm actually a director of that, the London user group. And you can also get me uh, via Vixer. Uh, we've been members since 2006. Excellent, Deborah Jones. Thank you so much. Uh, for us, for AV Nation, go by our website, avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others, including our AV Nation specials highlighting the women of the AV industry all month long. All that and more at avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. 